Thank you, O oh God. We give you the fruits of our lips this morning, O oh God. I hand the service, O oh God, over to you, Lord. Unless you speak, God, I have not what to say, Lord. I pray, O oh God, that self may be slain this morning, O oh God, and you just be glorified. Have your way, O oh Father. Your people, O oh God, that has come, O oh God, this morning. They came, O oh God, to hear a word from you, Jesus. So right now in this moment, I lift you up, O oh God. I exalt you this morning. Because it says when you're lifted up, O oh God, then all men will be drawn unto you. You take center stage today, O oh God. Take your place. Go before me, O oh God. Give me utterance, Father. I thank you, O oh God, in all that you're going to do and all the ways, O oh God, that you're going to be using me this morning. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Okay, I'm excited to be here this morning and the title of the message, it will not be a long message. The title is going to be having faith in the faithfulness of God. And even that's what I'm practicing right now, just having faith in God, because right now I'm totally out of my element this morning. Uh, so with that, I just want to, I'm going to share a quick testimony before I get into the word. And in the week, there was this um, scripture that I came upon, and I just want to share it. It was in Luke uh, 2, verse 19, and it reads, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. This right here was the, the, um, the story when the shepherd, they came to see Jesus in Bethlehem when he was born. And... Um, and then they were telling Mary of everything that the angel has spoken unto them, how they got there, how they were, how they were led there and everything. And Mary was pondering all these things that they were saying in her heart. Because, I, because the revelation came to me that when the Holy Spirit has came and has spoken to her about coming into agreement with this thing, with this, this is what she was going to be carrying within her, the Christ that she was going to be carrying. And she said, yes, let it be done according to your will. I don't think Mary had the full revelation of what she was saying yes to. She just knew that she is, she, she is coming into agreement with what the Lord has spoken and that, yes, she's going to be carrying the Savior. But the depth of it that he will be the Savior and saving even herself from her sin, I doubt she had that revelation. But however, because the word here said that these things that were spoken on that particular day when Jesus Christ was born, she hid them in her heart and she pondered them. She said, you know what, Lord, I don't understand all of this, but let me just keep this. And then she moved on to what was next. So sometimes when the Lord will come to you and will speak a word over you, you might not have the full revelation of it, but just come into agreement with what, with what the word, with what he's spoken over you and just lock hands with the Lord and just move forward because you don't have to see the big picture. All of that, it will come. Just say yes, just agree with what the Lord is speaking over you in the moment and the revelation of it will come. So now I'm just gonna move into the testimony that I have to share. And it was this pastor that was in town. 
and it, it was his last tour to Toronto. So we were so excited to go there and just to hear from the man of God what he has to say with his journey and with everything. And at that moment, we were just so excited for the things of God and we wanted more. Everything that we could garner, we were there. We were there with everything. We were just there. So anyway, we got babysitters, a babysitter and um, we found ourselves there. And we were there, the worshiping was going on and everything. And, you know, I was just enjoying. And at the moment I was feeling, there was a little nagging in my spirit that, you know what, something is not right here. But then I put that on the back burner because I was there to garner everything. And then at the moment, I even started to feel a little poke. And when I looked, it was Andrade poking me saying, Kim, do you feel that there is something off here? And I just said, okay, Johnny, okay, I just want to hear what's going on. So I just, again, put that on the back burner and I just continued on. And then now the word, even the word came forth. And even within the word, my spirit was troubled because the word, it was diluted. And then again, I was feeling that uneasiness, but I still, again, put it on the back burner and I said, okay, Lord. And then now it was time for the altar call. And I just wanted the more, I just wanted the overflow. So I found myself at the very front there and I, my hands was up just waiting to receive. And in that moment, everything just pretty much fade away from the stage and my eyes were closed. And in a vision, it's kind of like the Lord just came to me. And for those of you who do not understand what a vision is, it's kind of like you're in a waking state. You're not asleep, but in your mind's eye, you're seeing this this, this recording that's taking place and it's it's live. So anyway, the Lord came to me in that vision in that moment. And then he said to me, what you're looking for, it's not here. What are you doing here? What you're looking for, it's not here. Go home with your husband and run with him. Go home with your husband and do business with him. I put my hands down, I turned around and I went and I said, okay, Johnny, are you ready? Let's go. And then in that moment was when the ministry was birthed in my heart. That was years ago, when the ministry was birthed in my heart because the Lord has spoken. He has spoken it and I heard it once, but I, I kept on hearing it a thousand times within my spirit because that's when the revelation of what he had called me to, it was coming alive. Now it was growing. And just like Mary, I started to ponder on these things. And then the Lord, he has spoken many things that same day about what the ministry that he was birthing in us and through us, what it will look like. And I was like, wow, I don't know how, when or where, but this is what you're spoken and I'm gonna take one step at a time. And in this moment, you said, go home and run with this man of God. And I lacked hands with him. And that's when I became his biggest cheerleader. And I said, God, I'm gonna do this thing. I'm gonna do what you have called us to do because it's not us, but it is you that live within us that's gonna bring this all about. I don't know what it will look like, but I'm trusting you. I'm having faith in all that you have spoken over our lives. And that's where it pretty much started. That's where the birth of the ministry in that sense took place in my heart. So now back to the topic at hand, having faith in the faithfulness of God. There's no confusion that God is faithful. The confusion is in some of the people's heart is, can you trust God? That's your question this morning. How can I trust God? 
with everything? How can I put everything on the line? How can I pause what I'm doing, all my dreams, all my desire, everything that my mind, when I started running and say, okay, I'm gonna accomplish this, I'm gonna accomplish that, I wanna have so many kids. How do I now put all of that aside and say, okay, I'm gonna trust you, God, with the words that you have spoken over my life. And how you come into this is when you couple it with the word and with the Holy Spirit. Those are the two things that will aid you in this walk at the moment. Because what it is with, with the word and with the Holy Spirit, the word is you have to understand what it is. You have to understand the character. You have to understand the nature of Jesus Christ. And you have to come into who he said that he is and even build that structure, build that foundation for yourself. Because in order to follow someone, you have to first know what the criterias are and you have to know who they are and what they possess. You have to, you have to come into this understanding. It's not something that you just wake up and say, okay, you're gonna trust and you're gonna follow blindly. No, you have to be deliberate about it. Go into the word and find out who he is, what his character is, what his nature is. And even with the Holy Spirit now, what his job is, because the Lord did say, when he goes, he will send the comforter. And this comforter will bring all the things that are of Jesus Christ. He will bring everything that he is and he will speak it to you. He will be your teacher, he will be your helper, and he will be your guide. So when you couple the word, what God has spoken with the Holy Spirit, that's how you come into this knowing. This is how you come into this revelation because it's not about head knowledge and this is when doubt and fear would step in because it's the insufficient knowledge of who God is. When you don't have the total package, this is when doubt, this is when fear would step in because in your mind you're saying, okay, I haven't trust God and I don't know what it looks like to trust God with everything. That's when you have to go into the word and you have to read the different accounts of the men and women that have trust God and how he brought them through because they trusted him. So now that's what we have to do. We have to understand who he is and what he has said and what he has spoken over us and what he has for us. Because even in Jeremiah 29, he says that, um, his thoughts towards us, they are good. Everything that the Lord has spoken over us, it's good. And what he's calling, calling us into is not to do us harm, but to give us a better life, to give us a better future. And this is what the word has to say. But if we're not reading the word for ourselves, we won't come into this understanding and this knowledge of what the Lord has said over us. So with that right now, I just want to um, just turn our attention to first uh, Corinthians 1 and verse 9 and it reads thus God is faithful by whom he were called unto the fellowship of his son Jesus Christ here in this verse we have Paul here encouraging the currents the church of Corinth encouraging the new believers encouraging them in God 
saying that the Lord God is faithful. What does that look like to them? Right? That he is loyal, that he's consistent, that he is true, that he is a reliable source, and that he is dependable. You can depend on him in good times and in bad times. That's what Paul is encouraging the church in Corinth to do. So there's also the part B here when he says that um, by whom we were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. What is that fellowship? The fellowship there is talking about partnership. It's talking about being partakers of all that Jesus Christ is all the blessings, everything that has been given unto him, we will also partake in that. We will partake in all of that. Do we understand this? We are partakers, <laughs> praise God. That just gets me excited, just thinking about what the Lord has called us into and what Jesus Christ has done for us and what we have. We have so many things right now to be thankful for and to be encouraged in praise yeah. god and then now what we're gonna do let's go into that characteristic uh, about god's faithfulness let's just isolate it for a moment and look into how faithful our god is to us and with that we're just going to um take a look at genesis 12 verse 1 to 4. Let's go there. Genesis 12, 1 to 4. And this is Abraham's account when the Lord has called Abraham out. And um, let me just read it and then I'll get into it a little bit. So Genesis 12, verse 1 to 4. It says, Now the Lord has said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham <laughs> departed as the Lord has spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abraham was 70 and five years old when he departed out of Aaron. So here we're seeing the story where in which God has called Abraham out of his country and to call him to himself. He had called him into covenant with him. And here I'm seeing, I'm looking at Abraham's age at this moment, 75. Abraham could have had so many excuses. I'm, I'm up there in age. All my family, all that I knew is here. Why would I do this thing now to journey to a land? And when you go down into the rest of the scriptures, it's a land that's not built with hands. It's a land that he will come upon. He's like, I don't even know where I'm journeying to. But he trusted, he had faith in the God, in the voice that was calling him out. Because you could tell that Moses, that uh, Abraham, there was nothing happening for him here anyway. There was nothing going on for him. And the Lord was calling him into the more, into blessings, 
making his name great and so many other things and upon reading this also i'm even comparing it to when the lord has called us to come out of our land to come out of everything that was familiar to us and i remember that day i had a dream it was years ago when we were living in toronto at that moment we were living in richmond hill i had a dream and in that dream the lord has asked required of us to relocate to move to london and then i woke up that morning and then i shared the um the dream with andrani and he said well i hear you but we can't just uproot like this we need confirmation we need to know that this is what the lord is saying to us with anything that you come into you don't just uproot you seek confirmation and the confirmation that you seek it cannot come from the same source and make sure you hear god's voice for yourself because that's when you'll have the grit that's when when time gets rough you will go back and you will know that you know within yourself that the lord has spoken this and that's where your resolve will come from so anyway back to the dream no not the dream uh andrade so he went that morning and then he went for a walk just seeking confirmation for himself and he came back i guess it was he said it was like an hour and i was pulling out going to the library with my little one at the time and he just asked where are you going and i told him then he jumped into the vehicle and then we went for a ride to drop the books off at the library and that's when he got his confirmation of the fact that we were being called to london it was a sign that he saw and i'm sure he has gotten into that numerous times so i'm not going to take the time up to get into that so the lord gave him that confirmation and along the way we ourselves has gotten numerous confirmations we kept going back to the lord to say okay god is this what you're really asking us to do to relocate to london and we kept asking and asking until we were comfortable and we know that this is what he was really calling us into we asked so much we we started to feel like gideon to say okay now this is tipping over into unbelief we need to stop asking and start believing and start looking so now we started to pray and ask god okay which london are you talking about is it london ontario or is it london uk and if even it was if it was london uk we were willing to pack up everything just like abraham did and bank on the word of god because he has spoken it the words were in our heart and it started to move us it started to push us into action so now we said okay we got that confirmation it's london ontario no the next step is okay when when do we make this move and then we started to think because it was um, i think like november around about that time so we said okay we'll do it about march because at least we won't uproot the kids from school right now and stuff like that and you know they'll have a fresh start a fresh semester in the march break after the march break we'll do that so at the same time we were still praying and waiting upon, waiting upon god and at the same time it's like god was saying nope not march that's your idea what i want is now and then in in coming into this it's like the house started to push us out like the shower that was fine when we're having showers we have to be you know dodging the shower head would fall off the door knobs like we'll open the doors and the door knobs will come off in our hands like strange things started to happen around about the house so that's how we knew it was time because when 
when people of God, we need to understand when God speak. We need to understand the move of the spirit and we need to know how to move in the spirit. When it comes down to natural things, we have the understanding. We know how to read the weather patterns. Okay, it's dark outside. I think it's gonna rain, let me bring my umbrella. But when it comes down to spiritual things, it's kind of like, okay, we lose our mind. It's kind of like we have no understanding where in which that's concerned. But the Lord is saying, open up your eyes and get with it. Understand spiritual things. When I'm speaking, open up your spiritual ears, open up your spiritual eyes and hear and see what I'm saying in the moment. So because it's a it's a fine line because you can miss God. And that's something you don't want to do. You don't want to miss God. You don't want to be out of his timing. So anyway, we we understood what the Lord was saying and we popped up and we moved because we love Christmas and we love to enjoy the lights. We like to go to the malls and stuff like that just to enjoy the Christmas in Toronto. But the word, the word that the Lord has spoken, it moved us. It shifted us. And we came down here not knowing one person in London. And we said, okay, wherever the Lord wants us, that's where we're going to find our joy. That's where we're going to find our peace. We didn't worry about the fact that nobody was around. We didn't have our family in this season. Even Jordan, I was opening the window and saying, hello, hi to people passing by because that's how lonely she was at the moment. But we didn't worry about that. We started to pray and say, God, now what's next? What are we going to do next? Because I know that you have spoken ministry over us. What does that look like? When will this ministry be? And then this, we went into like a two weeks fast to say, okay, God, what is it that we do next? And we were feeling, we started to feel in our spirits that the Lord wanted us to go back to work for a season just so we can get climatized to the people, to the culture, to understand our surroundings. Because when God moves you to a new land, you can't just start business as usual, any and anyhow. You have to learn the ways, you have to learn the tradition, you have to learn the culture and think to see and to understand, to be wise about what we're doing and, and, and the spirits that are around. We have to understand and we have to sink into that. So he said, back to work. But we were still praying and waiting for what, what and how. So we always wait for a confirmation in anything, as we said. So at the time, my brother's wife, Dana, she had, she had called and she said, you know what? I had a dream that you guys were back out into the work world. And I'm like, oh my God, this is it. This is a confirmation. So he's saying back to work. So we said, okay, because whenever God speak, there is a peace that comes with whatever it is that he's required for us, from us. So we had that peace and we say, okay, job it is. So we started to send out the resumes and everything. And then within my spirit, I could feel the Lord saying, you know what? Put a seed on it also, which means give an offering. So we started to even visit the local church and everything around started to move around to understand, you know, the ways and the culture of the people here. So we visited a, a few churches and then we had sowed that seed that the Lord had asked, asked us to sow. And then when we sowed that seed, the very next day, when we started to apply for the jobs, every single job that we applied for, we got every single one of them barring none. So now we're like, okay, Lord, which one do we take? And we prayed upon that too. And the one that I took, 
it wasn't even the the most pay the highest paying job but i i picked the one that i found the peace in that this is where he's leading us to and this is where i'll be able to minister openly and a whole bunch of other different things that came alongside with that and i can now see the reason why he had allowed me to feel that peace to go into that particular job at that time and then from that we started to say okay even jody when he went for his job for and he is not one that likes the work world so even his first day to the job he was praying in his heart saying oh my god how long will i be in this job and the lord answered him accordingly and tell him and told him it will be about six months but he stayed around for another eight uh for eight months just so he could train someone for the position so that word it was still there it was still hidden in our hearts minister was still on our minds we were doing what we were doing but the burn was still there for what's next when it comes down to the ministry god and then he had spoken once more it's time for the ministry to be launched and we're like how and then this is when i don't i don't even remember how the zoom idea came about but that's when the Lord had laid it. I think it was on Andrade's heart to start, start here, start with the Zoom. And we started, and then we started just to think about, okay, will we even have two people coming to the Zoom meeting? Because at the time we know nobody down here, but even though you could be connected from wherever, but we say, who will come? But you build it. You listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying and everything else will fall in place. So we, we started there. And to our amazement, the Lord, he came through again. Look, you guys are all here. And we praise God for that. We praise God for that. Because this, we had seen this in, in God's heart, in his mind, and even in our hearts. And we didn't know what it would look like. But today, we're seeing it. We're seeing the evidence of it. So you just stay encouraged. Whatever the Lord has spoken over you, you just keep pushing through with that word. You just keep keep going, keep going. You might not see it, you might not understand it, but you keep going, you keep walking, just like how Abraham kept walking. To which land, where is it? I can't see it with my physical eyes, but you keep walking. God is faithful to accomplish every word that he has spoken over you. So you keep walking. And then now, even the physical manifestation of the building, it came about. We have prayed for this. You guys have helped us pray for this. And now you're seeing that. And I just praise God because he has been so faithful in so many things in our lives. And we have seen him come through again and again and again. Praise God. Even when Andrade left his job to do ministry full-time, I wasn't worried. I wasn't saying, okay, where is this going to come from? Where is that going to come from? Because the Lord has promised. And I have gone back and I have looked at the doors that he has opened for us in the past. And I said, God, you have been faithful back then. And I, I believe that you will be faithful now. I kept that key to that door, that unlocked that door at that time when I was praying and I was pressing in to him for that particular thing. And I said, God, I kept that key with me. I hid that in my heart. And I said, okay, we're at this junction and you're telling him to leave his job right now. I believe you, Lord. I believe every single word that you have spoken over us, Lord. And I'm willing 
to go through, whether we have or whether we have not. I'm willing to go through the full course. I'm willing to try the full course. And the Lord just spoke to my heart. He spoke peace into me. And you said, he said, do not worry because your house will never lack. Your house, it will feed many. Your house, it will be a lighthouse to many. And I hit that in my heart. And I said, Johnny, whatever it is, whatever the Lord is asking you to do, you do it. I'm with you. I'm cheering you on. I'm right here. I'm right here in the storm. Whatever it looks like, I don't care because the Lord has spoken it. And not to get lost, let me go back here to Abraham. So the Lord has laid out the contract. He had laid out the agreement in front of Abraham. And now it was for Abraham to come into agreement with this word, with the blessings, with everything that the Lord has spoken. He said, Lord, I don't know what it looks like, but Abraham said, give me the pen. Let me sign on the dotted lines. And he did. And he started his journey. And then now he came to a curve, a curve in his journey, where in which he was saying, Lord, both myself and my wife, Sarah, were believing for a son. And in your words, people, we need to bring back the word. We need to bring back the covenant. And we need to say, God, you have spoken it here. Now I'm here at this journey and you're spoken it in your words. Now I bring this word back to you because I know that you are faithful. Abraham brought the word back to God and he said, you told me, Lord, that I will be a father of many nations. How is that going to happen? Because I don't have a child. I don't have a son. And he said that I'll be a father to many. Please, God, help my unbelief. Help me out here. And then the Lord said, yes, that's in the covenant. And he blessed them. He was up in age, Sarah's womb, it defies, it defied what the natural world would have to say. It defied medicine with what it has to say about the, the years that you are fertile and what years that you can bring forth, what year you can have a kid. All of that was thrown out when it, when it comes down to God and his word. You just throw out the knowledge. You just throw out everything that makes sense. Because when it comes down to the word, you can say, for lack of better words, nothing makes sense when you're walking with God. To the natural eyes and to the people around you, nothing will make sense. And that's okay because you have a different revelation. You're in covenant with the Lord, covenant agreement with the Lord. And we walk not by sight, but we walk by faith. And what is faith, you ask? In the word, it tells us what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's what faith is. And that's how we walk as children of the Most High. We walk by faith. So let's get back here to Abraham. So Abraham was blessed with his promised child, Isaac. There was many things that happened along the way, but we won't get into that right now. So everyone was amazed by this. And they glorified God in providing this, this son that they were so longing for. And upon that, now the Lord would say, okay, I've been faithful in my agreement. Now it's your turn. 
Now give me that which I've blessed you with. That son that you so long for, give him back to me. And I was looking and I was wondering, okay, God, this is a promised child. Like, why would you ask for him? Because there will nothing, there will be nothing that fights against the position of God in your heart. Anything that challenges the position of God, anything that you put before him or above him, he will say no, because he's a jealous God. He wants you for himself. And he doesn't want half of you. He wants the whole complete thing. He wants all of you or nothing at all. So he said, give me that son that you so cherish, that son that you put before me, give him to me. Because he wanted to see where Abraham lies. Are you gonna put this in front of me? I have covenant with you. What will come between that covenant between you and your father? So he said, give it back to me. So now what Abraham did, everything that his faith was hinged upon, he said, you know what? He did that. He went back there. He dig deep and he said, you know what, God, you have been faithful. So I will give him. And you have promised that I will be a father to many nations. How can that come about? If I don't have a son, I'm just saying these are the things that Abraham was just reasoning within his mind. How is it going to come about? You promise and I know that you are a faithful God and you said that I'll be a father to nations. So I have to have a son in order to be a father to nations. Even if you have to have me kill him and you'll raise him back from the dead. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm willing because you are faithful. I can see Abraham not even telling Sarah what he was about to do. And he said, you know what? We're going to do a sacrifice. Let's go, lad. And they took their wood. They took everything and they went to that mount. And even holding on to his hand, I could hear even Isaac saying, Papa, where is the lamb? Where is the sacrifice that we're going to, you know, offer to the Lord? Abraham knew that Isaac was going to be that sacrifice. But he said, you know what, son, don't worry. The Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. And he knew that the child that he was carrying was the one that was going to be the sacrifice that he was planning to slay on that altar. I could just imagine. I could just even imagine even my kids, the Lord said, give him back to me. Would I have that within me? Would I have that? I asked myself the question, would I have that? But here, Abraham, he went and he was about to slay Isaac. He was about to sacrifice him on that altar. And the Lord told him, do not put your hand upon that child. Do not bring harm to that child. And when he looked over, there was a lamb that was caught in the pickets. And the Lord said, offer that lamb to me as a sacrifice. And he was able to offer the lamb as a sacrifice instead of the son because the Lord saw his commitment. The Lord saw where Abraham's heart was, that it was with him and that he meant business. Do we know the people around us? Do we know where their hearts are? Even when it comes on to God, where is your heart? Are you sold out to him? Are you willing to lay everything on the altar for him? He did it for us. Are we willing to do that for him? 
there is no doubt that the Lord already laid everything down because he did on the cross on Calvary. We know that he's already committed to the end to us. Are we committed to him? Can he trust us in the small things? Needless to talk about the big things. Can he trust us? Can he depend on us to be faithful when it comes on to certain things? Are we willing to say, yes, Lord, I give my all to you. I lay my all on the altar of sacrifice. Are we willing to do that? Let us examine ourselves today. Are we willing to lay it all down for the Lord? Are we willing to lay down our dreams? Are we willing to lay down our desires? Everything that we have planned, that we have planned for our lives, the school, the whom we're gonna marry, everything. Are we willing to allow the Lord to choose for us? Because he knows what's best and he chooses best anyhow. Because again, he said, the plans that I have for you, they're good. Everything the Lord has for you, it's good. And you can trust him with that. You can trust him with your life. And after we have walked with the Lord for so long, no, it's been a journey. We don't ask certain questions. When we're at a point, we have matured in him. We don't ask certain foolishness, for lack of a better word, to say, okay, where is this gonna come from? Where is that gonna come from, Lord? Show me before I make that step. It doesn't work like that. People of God, let's mature. Let's move on to bigger things. We have been drinking milk for so long and he wants to take us up and he wants to show us so much more. He wants to give us meat, but the digestive system, it can't take meat right now. It will, it, it will make no sense if he starts to pour out. So now we're at the building stage. We're still at foundation level because until it's properly built, the foundation will come down if it's not built on a solid foundation, praise God. So let us search ourselves. Let's, let us build on that solid for, uh, foundation. Let us move up into greater things. Let us stop being half-hearted. Let us stop having one foot in, one foot out. Because the Lord, he will pay us accordingly. Even when you're in the job, you can't be working part-time and expect full-time pay. So in the spiritual, so in the natural. We want to give half commitment to the Lord and come into still all the blessing and all the things that he has promised to us. It doesn't work that way, people. It's all in or nothing. He's a jealous God. He has set the criteria and he will not bend it for us. He loves us, but we have to come up to that level. He will not come down. We have to go up to him. 
And this morning, Zion, he's calling us to a higher place of praise in him today. He's calling us into intimacy. He's calling us into relationship. He's calling us into the more. Let us break up this folly ground, this half-heartedness and be full in. Let us be sold out for this gospel that he has called us into. Let us go the full. Let us just for one moment see what it will look like when God get to get his hands and a people that will say yes to him. What would that look like? We would move mountains. We would shake the nations. Let us do business with God in a real way, in a tangible way today. Let us say yes to the more. Let us excel into that place of holiness, righteousness, because he is a holy God. He said in the word, who shall ascend into the mountains of God? He that has a clean hands and a pure heart, clean lips, the idle conversation, let's put them away. Everything that doesn't look like God, glorifying the flesh. Let's put the flesh under so the spirit man can come forth, can arise once and for all. Let's do business with God, people of God. We're that remnant army that he has called. We have looked to the left, looked to the right and say, okay, who is going to be the next? And he's saying, it's ordinary people that I'm going to be using in this season. It's going to be you. It's going to be me. It's going to be us. It's going to be us together. It's going to be the body of God. It's going to be the church. I can remember in this book that I was reading by Anna Mendez. And the Lord has taken her up. And he was showing her so many things. And he was even showing her the system or how organized the kingdom of darkness was, how they moved and how they flow in unison. And then when she looked and she saw the church and how scattered the church was, how disorganized the church was, she started to weep. And she said, Lord, we don't stand a chance because look at them, they're organized. They have, they have it all together. The kingdom of darkness, they're moving in sync. They have it all worked out. And look at us, look at us that you have called your children. We're scattered, we don't have knowledge. And we're, we're, we're perishing because of the lack of knowledge. And she was weeping and the Lord just came to her and comforted her. And he said, no, don't cry my daughter because I have a remnant army. I have a people that are going to be filled with the glory of God. And that time is now. It is us, that remnant army that the Lord was showing to Ana Mendez. He has a people that has their heads on their body. He has a people 
that is walking the truth. He has a people that believe in the words, the prophecies that has been spoken over their lives. We're not just sitting and waiting for the enemy to come. We're walking in the offense. We're attacking before they attack. Too long we have sit on the sidelines and just wait for whatever that may come. Whatever becomes of us, it happens, it happens. That attitude, no more. We will now get on the defense and we will attack. We will go into the enemy's camp and we will bound up the strong man and we will take back everything that the enemy has stolen from us. We will take back our children. We will take back our peace. We'll take back our joy. We will take back our health. Every single thing that the Lord has died on the cross for, we will take it back, people of God. It's about time we rise up now and say enough is enough. Rage war on the enemy. Learn to pray. Learn to fight. Just like David said, teach me how to fight. Teach my hands how to war. This is what the Lord is doing with this end time army. He is teaching us how to fight. He's teaching us to fight with the sword, with the word of God. Now, we have a group of young people. We have some young girls in this ministry. They don't understand a lot, but they're willing to learn. And this is what the Lord is looking at. The attitude, the faith that they're putting in him, not their own abilities, but they're trusting God. They're willing to trust him. They're saying, when I read this word, when I read the King James Version, the thee, the those, I don't understand what all of that is saying, but I know his word is true. I will hide that in my heart and I will move on. The word, it's talking about the sword. How is the word a sword? I don't understand that, but I will take it up and I will put it in my archive. I will save it in my heart and I will journey with that until I come into the full revelation of what this is. As you go along, as you journey, you hear certain things, hide them in your heart. Put them as anchor, put them as poles, put them as pillars in your arsenal, people. Move on with the word of God. The words that have been spoken over you, the prophecies, just like Paul said to Timothy, it will not just come. You will not just roll over and come into it. You have to fight for it, the words. Stir it up, stir up your giftings on the inside. Take them back like Abraham took the word back, took the covenant back, took the agreement back to the Lord and said, Lord, you promise. My son, he's not saved, he's fighting, but you have promised. Take the word back to the Lord. Faith in God, he is faithful to accomplish all that he has spoken. He elevate his name the word above his name and he's careful to watch over it and to bring it to pass every single thing that he has spoken over you don't forget it 
Don't lost, let just let it fall on the back burner. Oh, he has spoken that long time, long time ago. It hasn't happened. Bring it back to him. Lord, you have said this. I will be married in this year. What's going on with the husband, Lord? You have spoken ministry over my life. What is going on with that ministry, Lord? You have spoken it. You have said it. He has waited for you to come back to him. Have you forgotten? The Lord hasn't, but he's waiting for you to bring it back to him. There's nothing that's new to him. He knows where you are. Let's not be lazy when it comes down to spiritual things, people of God. Let's war. Let's war over the things that the Lord has spoken over our lives. When we were born, there isn't anything new. When, when we were birthed into this world, we came with our eyes, we came with our mouth, our fingers, we came with our senses, the lungs, we came with our voice. Even though the voice wasn't activated at the moment, but you were making sounds. The babies make sound, the babies cries because they don't have words of, as yet. So you just continue with the Lord, everything that he has spoken over you. It's already in you. When he created you, he put it inside of you. So it is there. It's for you to bring it forth. Bring it forth, people. Find your voice that the Lord already put there inside of you. Kids start, start to speak around the age of about one. They start to form words, mama, dada, so forth. It's already inside of you. Learn how to echo that which he has put inside of you. Ask him to teach you how to bring forth that which he has put inside of you. The Lord is faithful and he already committed himself to you. Now it's up to us to commit ourselves back to him. The words that's in the Bible all the principles that he had laid out in the word, it works. It's just for us to align ourselves, to come into obedience with the word and put it into practice. It will work for you. It will work. There's no question about that fact. If it will work, it will work. We just need to come into obedience and align ourselves. It will work for you. And let's just look here at uh, Mark 10, verse 29. Mark 10, verse 29. Praise God. That is good. So Mark 10, verse 29, it reads thus. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that has left house or brethren or sister or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels but he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time and i'll just stop it right there he didn't say in eternity you will gain all of this he's saying a line when you have committed yourself to me when you have turned your back and all these things, these earthly things, and pursue me, pursue this gospel. In this time, now, 
you will be blessed. Not in eternity. Yes, when you go on and to read, read the, the rest of the chapter, it talks about the eternal life and what you will gain there. But he's saying in the now, in the time now, he promised, lock hands with the Lord, come into covenant agreement with the Lord, and he will bring about all that he has spoken over you. The Jesus Christ of Nazareth that we read about in the Bible, he is faithful. And I just want to run up with another scripture verse. It's in Deuteronomy. And that's the um, the verse that was on the website anyway when the topic went out, Deuteronomy 7, verse 9. Let's go there. And it reads, Now therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments, to a thousand generations. So what the Lord is saying here, the covenant that you're coming into right now with him, the covenant that Abraham locked hand with God and said yes to, it wasn't about just Abraham, it was about the generation. Right now, we are partaking of that blessing. We are partaking of what Abraham had said yes to. So now when we surrendered everything, when we have surrendered everything and decide to lock hands with the Lord and to say yes to all that he is requiring or asking of us, it's not just about you, it's about your generations, it's about your children, it's about your children's children. That's what you're saying yes to. He also opened our eyes to see that the evil one, he only comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He's a father of lies. He always over-promise and under-deliver. That's what the devil does. When it comes on to the world and all that's in it, there's no pleasure in it. Young people, do business with God. The devil is a liar and he's a father of lies and he will keep doing what he does. That's his nature. Find out about the nature of your father. Find out how faithful he is. Find out how loving he is and what he wants for your life. Everything that is good. To take you to a promise, to take you to an expected end. You're not missing out. Believe me, you're not missing out. You're not missing anything. I learned I was in Sunday school and I remember my Sunday school teacher saying, not every lesson you need to experience on your own. Wise people learn from other people's experience and learn quickly. And I determined in my mind, you know what? This sounds good and I hid it in my heart. And I said, I'm not gonna experience every single thing. I don't have to experience every single thing, but I will use the wisdom of these people that have gone before me and I will incorporate that into my life and grow faster, get where I need to get in the Lord because I had desire, I had passion for the things of God and I wanted to know more about him. If you don't have the desire to read and to find out, pray and ask God, ask him to put a desire for him, more of him in your heart and he will do it, he is faithful. 
I can also remember when the Lord has called me. And um, I would always say to the Lord, God, I don't have a testimony. I don't have a story. A lot of people have stories about how, you know, they're broken their arms or they came into this encounter. Wonderful stories that will compel people, that will pull people. And this is something that I always say to the Lord, Lord, I grew up so sheltered. I had such good <laughs> parenting, like my mom, she protected us. And we didn't get to experience a lot of things that I see a, a lot of other people have gone through. So I'm like, I don't have a testimony. I don't have what to share. And one day, like I keep saying that a lot of times, and then one day the Lord, he spoke into my heart and he said, if I for once had lifted my hands off of you, off of your life, so you can have that experience that you are seeking for, for that damage to come to you, you wouldn't live to come back and tell the story. Because of the heart that you have, you would have been so wounded. You, have, you would have been so broken. You wouldn't be able to compose yourself to come back to share the story. That's why I protected you. I protect my investments. And then after he had shown me all of that, I said, Lord, I don't need an experience. I will use, I will open my mouth and you will put the words in my mouth. I don't need an experience anymore. The grass is always greener on the other side. You might say, I don't have a testimony. I don't have a story, but you use what you have. You use what the Lord has given to you and his glory will come out of it. Ask him, Lord, give me a peek into the book that you have written about my life. He has called you for something. He had invested into you and only you can touch or influence those people that he has called you to touch. So just ask him, pray and say, Lord, who have you called me to be? Who have you called me to reach? Open my eyes so I can see, so, don't, so I don't have to ask certain weird questions. That's the word that I got in my heart today to bring to you. Have faith in the faithfulness of God. I pray that this word will transform you, that this word will shift you that you would have garnered something from it. Heavenly Father, I thank you, O oh God, for this moment. I thank you, Father, for speaking to your people, O oh God. I'm so grateful, O oh God, each time I come before you, O oh God, to minister, O oh God, before your presence, O oh God, and to your people. I pray, O oh God, that it won't just be mere words, O oh God, but it will be a seed that is planted, O oh God, that will be grown to full fruition, O oh Father, that now, O oh God, they will start asking questions, O oh God, that they will start digging deep, Lord, to what it is that you have called them into, O oh God, that they will now, O oh God, start having faith in a faithful God, because that's who you are. You're a good father. You are a faithful friend. I pray, oh God, that you may give the ones, oh God, the strength, oh God, to rise up, Father, 
and to say yes lord to your call oh god another day oh god put a yes oh god in their bellies oh father the ones that are saying oh god tomorrow tomorrow but tomorrow is not given to anyone today so if they're hearing your voice oh god i pray oh god that they will not harden their hearts but they you will soften, oh God, their hearts. Give them a heart of flesh, oh God, to respond to your words today. Bless them, Lord. Give them the courage, give them the strength, oh God, to overcome this world and everything, oh God, that is in it. This world, oh God, that is full of empty promises, their Father. Open their eyes, oh God, remove the veil so they will see, they will see, oh God, that you are all that is good and you are the only one, oh God, that wants what is good for us. Help us, oh God, to surrender, oh God, or everything, oh God, to wake up each and every day, oh God, and to commit each and every day to say yes, oh God, to what you have commissioned us to, oh Father to go out, oh God, into the highways and into the byways, oh God, and share this great gospel, oh God, to this dying world, God. Put a fire, oh God, in our belly, oh God. Put new strength, oh God. Pour new wine, Lord Jesus, oh God. For those ones, oh God, that are tired, oh God, those ones that are broken, Father. Raise them up, oh God, on the inner man. Raise them up, Father. I speak life again. I speak life. I speak hope into your people, oh God, this morning. I thank you, oh God, for your resurrection power. I thank you, oh God, for your dutimous power, oh God, that will go forth and will accomplish all that it has set out to do. I thank you, Father, and I pray, oh God, that your kingdom, oh God, may come to earth, influence us, Father, as we lay down our lives to you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Yeah.